we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. You're listening to Done By Law. Brought to you by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Good evening and welcome to Done By Law. It is Tuesday the 18th of September and today you're listening to Sam Drummond and Gemma Caffarella. Hi Uh, Gemma. Hi Sam. Um, We'd like to thank the Tuesday Home Time team for another show, another fantastic show immediately before ours. Um, But tonight we're talking queerness, queerness and the law. Um, And we've got a special guest. We've got Sam Elkin, who is Victoria's first dedicated LGBTIQ lawyer. Um, And Sam works with the St Kilda Legal Service um, and also does a bit of work in the health setting. So let's throw over to Sam. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Hi. Thanks for having me, Gemma. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Uh, Can we start? How long has your service been going? Oh, it's very new. Um, So we started in May of this year and um, we've funded um, from the Victorian Law Foundation and we've got a two-year grant to make all the good things happen uh, over the next two years for LGBTIQ people in Victoria. And what, when you say good things, what do you mean by that? Um, I guess like the sort of bread and butter job I have is providing direct legal assistance to members of the LGBTIQ community who need it. And um, I'm based uh, in a health justice partnership with Thorn Harbour Health, which is the new name for Victorian AIDS Council. And um, a lot of my work is directly um, assisting those clients who are, who are reaching out to Thorn Harbour Health for assistance. So you're the first dedicated LGBTI lawyer in Victoria, is that right? Yes. Um, So why now? What happened? Why did it get funded? Um, Yeah, well, I would have to thank um, my colleagues at St Kilda Legal Service, Agatha and Lloyd, uh, for that. Um, They were the people that came up with a good idea of putting in an application for a grant. And I think the grant was assessed um, in the context of the um, Marriage Equality Postal Survey. And Mm -hmm. so I think that put a lot of um, people in uh, the legal sector and other sectors on notice that um, there was a lot to be done in relation to LGBTIQ rights. It was a horrible divisive time for everybody. So I think uh, it, the one uh, positive was that I uh, got a job out of it. So that's good. Yay. <laughs> I think a lot of people would assume that now that we have marriage equality, that there are less legal issues for LGBTIQ people. Um, is, has there, is there still legal issues that that, um, that we have, or has it decreased since the plebiscite? Um, I think it's just given, like, an opportunity to kind of take the pressure off, like, now that we've won that particular campaign, we can actually look at all the other things that we need to achieve, um, and there's just so much to be said. I mean, the LGBTIQ community is a large um, cohort of people with different backgrounds and identities, and there are legal issues that affect each community differently. So there's so much to be done. I mean, around trans and gender diverse people in Victoria, we've got the um, you know proposed changes that we want to the Births, Deaths and Marriages Act. Um, Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, um, actually, if people are interested, you can have a read of the... Um, Rainbow Votes uh, election guide that has just come out. Uh, the um, 
gay and lesbian rights lobby have just put their election guide out and that sort of really goes over you know i think 15 to 30 like key election issues that they're wanting candidates to respond to and that's um on the weekend the uh lgbtiq election forum uh at st kilda town hall so that's really a comprehensive guide of of um, what the lay of the land is in terms of um, what we want uh, in terms of changes to the law and in terms of like funding for programs and things like that. And just to plug us a little bit, Sam, if people are interested in the changes to the birth certificates um, laws, we had a fantastic show talking to Sally Goldner and Theodore Murray um, about uh, the changes that need to happen in that space so we can plug our own podcast if people are interested. Nice. <laughs> so who do you see coming in day after day? Who Who is your... Um, on an on an average day, how many people would you see, and who are they? Um, on an average day, I would have a couple of clients coming in. I would say that the most um, most of them are direct referrals from Thorn Harbour Health. So Thorn Harbour Health have a um, an AOD program. They have a family violence program, including the I Heal Recovery Workers, and um, they also have general counselling team. So it's a wonderful organisation that provides really vital. Um, you know, health and uh, relationship services to LGBTIQ people. And, um, you know, these are people like many people in our community that have legal issues on top of whatever other issue that they're addressing at that time. So I'm often seeing those clients and the kind of legal issues that I'm um, helping them with are just incredibly varied. It can be from like civil stuff, like, you know, Centrelink stuff, debt, um, discrimination, right through to, you know, quite serious criminal charges family violence related stuff. We've had heaps of requests for migration law advice, um, particularly around um, de facto uh, spouse visas and rejections on the ground of HIV status. That's been a real um, noticeable thing. And there just isn't um, enough legal support out there, uh, you know, in general. And I think listeners of this show will know that, um, but particularly in this space and um, I have noticed that I'm seeing clients that I don't think would necessarily approach a mainstream legal service. Um, and I think that's the benefit of the Health Justice Partnership. They're already coming to Thorn Harbour Health. They feel safe, they feel comfortable and they feel respected. And, you know, we have like really practical stuff like gender neutral toilets and really good kind of like resources and supports and people, you know, know how to like pronoun cue and things like that at reception. So we've got like all that good stuff going on. So it's like an ideal place to be doing legal work for this community. And in terms of the service that you're actually providing, how does it differ um, providing a specific LGBTIQ service to what people might experience if they just went into their local community legal centre, for example? Um, well, you know, I would certainly hope that um, people get a really good um, and inclusive service when they go to a mainstream community legal centre. And it's, um, I certainly hope that's the case. Um, and, you know, um, would love to sort of talk to people about their experiences with that. And um, I know that community legal centres are doing a lot of work to try and, uh, you know, do really practical things like change their intake forms so that they don't have you know, just the male and female binary gender identity that, um, you know, they ask people respectfully about what their pronouns are before making assumptions based on their appearance, things like that. But, um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, that um, Thorn Harbour Health, like, has down, um, has worked on, you know, needs to keep working on. So I think people, um, you know, can, can come into the service and expect that they'll be dealt with um, by you know, people from the community that understand where they're coming from may have similar experiences to them as well. 
This is a Victorian first. Is it based on evidence from other states or overseas? So um, there has been a um, really wonderful service um, that Fitzroy Legal Service has run for a really long time. They do outreach to Queer Space, which is um, part of Drummond Street Services over in Carlton. Um, and, yeah, my understanding is that's gone really well. So we know that, um, you know, there's a need and we know that um, community legal centres can and want to help. And um, in New South Wales, the inner city legal centre has had a long-standing service and they've just um, set up a dedicated transgender legal service in um, King's Cross. So that's really exciting. And I've just heard that um, the ACT are going to set up a um, service through the women's legal service as well. Um, so it's really exciting. I feel like I'm part of a like national push for LGBTIQ lawyering um, across the uh, continent. Mm. Are you reaching? Are you finding that you're reaching the people that you really need to? Who you really need to reach? Um, those who are facing really tough times, rather than those who just know how to access services, um, including um, on the on the uh, acronym. Are you getting more L- L's and G's and and not as many of the other letters? Um, I've been really um, pleased about the amount of trans and gender diverse clients that I've been able to assist in the short time I've been doing the service. Uh, a lot of people have come through referrals from Transgender Victoria or Gender Queer Australia and yeah, I've been like really immensely grateful for the opportunity to assist um, you know, my community with their legal needs. Um, and yeah, we've had some <laughs> we've had some G's and L's, um, particularly with the G's. We've had a lot of um, you know international students or people who are you know not on secure visas, and um, you know they're facing extremely large barriers to justice. And um, you know I think that they are very much deserving and, and require um, you know a first class legal service. So very very happy to assist those clients and and the very much need a service like this, I believe. Is part of that related to the um, the systemic issues that would happen in their own country and they don't want to go back? Yes. So um, in some cases I've provided, you know, advice around um, gender identity and protection visa applications, which is a very specialised area of law. So um, one of the things that I suppose I've been trying to do with this service is actually work with the, um, you know, private legal sector to create a referral pathway so that people that, you know, desperately need that, you know, high quality um, legal assistance can actually get a pro bono legal service from one of the big firms. And I've been yeah immensely grateful to um, the wide ranging uh, request, you know, um, offers to help from, from, from the private legal sector. So yeah, that's been good. Um, one of the things that often comes up is that um, as a group of letters that go together, um, I suppose a lot of people identify, you know, all queer people, all LGBTQI people in one group. Um, but a lot of the people within that group don't necessarily um, identify with each other. Um, and I know there was a lot of criticism with the marriage equality debate that people kind of pushed ahead for marriage equality at the expense of trans and gender diverse um, people around them. Um, so have there been challenges that you've seen with trying to represent an entire community that might not necessarily be one cohesive thing? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, 
and it's something that you know I'm still learning about. I need to educate myself about um, parts of the community that like I'm not so aware of or not so embedded in. Um, I'm really excited to see that the Australian Human Rights Commission is um, you know just organised an inquiry into intersex Australians and their experience. Um, you know, there's currently no national guidelines around how intersex babies and children um, are dealt with in the in the health system, and um, you know, that, that's something that I'm learning about and, um, you know, trying to think creatively about how I can actually serve the needs of those communities. Um, it does seem to me that there's a, you know, pressing need for high level um, law and policy reform. So the extent to which I can help with that, um, I'm not sure yet. But, um, y- you know, I've just been so grateful for the opportunity to work with Thorn Harbour Health because it's a service that sees and services different parts of the community. So, you know, I had a chat with the people that run Pronto, which is the STI um, HIV rapid testing service over in Fitzroy. And they've, you know, given me like really, um, you know, interesting insights into the needs of, um, you know, men who have sex with men that don't necessarily identify as as gay or bi or anything like that. But, um, you know, going to sex on premises venues and the issues they're having around um, lack of consent, um, you know, in sexual situations and, yeah, it's, it's difficult to assist everybody, but certainly giving it a red-hot go. You're listening to uh, Done, by, Done By Law on 3CR uh, with Sam and Gemma, and we are here with Sam Elkin from uh, the St Kilda Legal Service LGBTI Clinic, if we got it right. Uh, and uh, I just want to uh, – we were going to Gemma, – Gemma flagged that we're going to talk about issues in more depth. Now, I was um, – I saw some – uh, Sky News last night um, with an interview with uh, Scott, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison, and he flagged um, that uh, he flagged uh, changes to law about religious uh, discrimination, and in particular, um, he he said that he was sending his kids to school, and that he uh, wants the ability for um, uh, for schools to be able to. Um, hire and fire as they will based on personal beliefs. And what I took that as was a signal to the LGBTIQ community um, uh, amongst other, other things. Um, are, you, are you gearing up for some sort of a fight around these, these issues? Yeah, I don't know if we're gearing up for a fight. Um, I mean, I think that it's quite obvious that Scott Morrison is, like, tactically uh, attacking the... Um, LGBTIQ community, like in a very sort of uh, obvious way, in order to sort of demonstrate to his right wing um, power brokers or whatever that, um, you know, he's a, uh, you know, more conservative figure than his predecessor. Um, to what extent this government has the capacity to make any meaningful legislative changes at this time, I really don't know. Um, they seem to be in total chaos. So, in that sense, I'm kind of not too worried about all the nonsense he spouts, but it's certainly unpleasant to listen to. Um, I'm sure it's, uh, you know, affecting the mental health and well-being of LGBTIQ young people and not so young people. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if it would be the right move for us to um, focus on this issue. I'm not sure if it would just be playing into his hands because, you know, I think the community has, has moved on. We've got marriage equality. You know, we clearly got a you know, considerable yes vote. And I'm not sure this is an issue that is that important to a lot of Australians. Um, I think that people 
you know, seem to be moving towards wanting more um, inclusivity. And that's certainly what I've noticed in my interactions with, you know, community legal centres, law firms, health services, people are crying out for more training and things like that to to better support the trans and gender diverse community, um, to stop making so many assumptions about, you know, uh, somebody with a child necessarily being, you know, in a heterosexual relationship, things like that. So my, you know, insight is that people, um, you know, have moved on from this and Scott Morrison is just uh, a dinosaur who's attempting to sort of virtue signal to the right at the moment. So um, what what are you gearing up for a fight about? Like, um, are there issues that you're either seeing through the work that's coming in or is there work that you want people to get in contact with you um, about? Is there Have you got anything on your radar at the moment? Um, well, yes. I mean, my personal, like, uh, you know, passion at the moment is certainly around um, trend, trans and gender diverse uh, people's rights and um, their rights certainly as they relate to health. Um, and I was just reading the Rainbow Votes um, thing that's just come out and one of the... Uh, issues that they flagged is that, you know, at a federal level, um, we need to see changes to Medicare so that people who want gender affirming surgery can do that under Medicare. At the moment, these surgeries, you know, cost tens of thousands of dollars. They put people who are already in poverty, um, in many cases, you know, further into poverty. Um, you know, it's simply not accessible for a significant amount of people. And this leads to, you know, terrible mental health outcomes for, for our community. And, you know, people, wonder why you know there aren't uh trans or gender diverse like ceos or people at the heads of organizations like wanting to spearhead like uh you know things in their workplace and the you know the problem is we, we can't even get off the starting blocks because we don't have adequate access to health care um most you know many uh hormones are not available on the the pbs um there's constantly shortages uh you know people are in survival mode about trying to get, um, you know, their health stuff sorted out. So I think we need to get that right um, as a country so that people can start, you know, focusing on other issues they want to focus on. Seems like a big issue. Um, Is there, have you got an idea about how, you know, is there a game plan for how you might kind of tackle something like that? Is it, are you looking to kind of run a discrimination case or is it more something that you just need to, bring the community along with and and have a campaign on? I think that, um, to be honest, we need to, you know, put ourselves at the front and centre at the moment and say, this is what we want. Um, You know, we pay our taxes, like we deserve equal health care. And it is about equal health care. We're not getting equal health care at the moment. Um, And, yeah, whether or not uh, that's through some sort of campaign or just sort of, uh, you know, lobbying and, and, and doing, um, you know, all of that important work behind closed doors. Um, it's hard for me to say, you know, my sort of day-to-day job is a, as an outreach lawyer. So I'm like helping people with their legal issues. And I certainly am interested and in, in wanting to participate in um, campaigns and things. But yeah, I would say that like the Human Rights Law Centre and organisations like that are sort of better placed and have the expertise to kind of like, um, you know, run a campaign of that kind. One of the things that we often see is that um, the interests of lawyers and the interests of doctors are at loggerheads, but um, through the clinic and through trans and gender diverse issues, I I feel like we're seeing a lot of the interests come together. Um, is Is that deliberate or is it just the people working in the same sector want to see the same thing? 
I think that, um, you know, the health justice partnership model is, um, you know, one that's like absolutely working in this context. And um, I didn't know heaps about health justice partnerships when I started in this job. I kind of didn't 100% realise that that was what I was doing until I first started. And I've just been um, completely overwhelmed by, um, you know, how positive it is to work with experts um, in, you know, the field of providing meaningful LGBTIQ sort of healthcare and emotional support and, um, you know, their ability and capacity to uh, provide meaningful referrals and pick up issues and actually, you know, form those relationships with people that are, you know, often like very traumatised and have had um, a lot of good reason not to trust mainstream healthcare services. Um, so, yeah, it's, go it's going really well. And um, acknowledging that uh, you're working out of St Kilda, um, which has a strong community uh, around it, what what about outreach? What sort of outreach are you doing um, to the kid in in Werribee who might not be, not might might not have access to those services? Yeah, I I mean I would absolutely love to be able to do um, outreach to places like you know Werribee and Dandenong and, and places like that. Um, I think that there should be services, you know, either this service or other services should be funded to provide that support. And, you know, I think it would be a great idea to do it within a health justice partnership model with whether it's at a local headspace or, you know, co-health, Mary Health, all the, all the health. Um, I think that would be an amazing idea. But I will say that, you know, people come to Thorn Harbour Health from all across the outer metropolitan area. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, most of my clients are from the area. Um, you know, many are from the, you know, outer, outer suburbs, um, particularly the you know, south southeast type area. So, yeah, trying to sort of cover a very big patch. I'd love to be able to do regional work. Um, you know, obviously any problem that anybody is having, uh, you know, in the LGBTIQ community is going to be uh, tripled by being in a kind of regional or remote area because there's already, you know, a great scarcity of, like, dedicated mental health services and dedicated, you know, uh, trans and gender diverse health services. They're all located, or for the most part, in the city. So, you know, I'd love to get out there and I'd love for people to be doing that work out there and I would be really interested in supporting and, you know, talking to people that do work in regional areas about how we can support each other to do that work. Mm. Do you have a, a success story that stood out for you that you can talk about? Well, yeah, actually, um, I'm... Well, it's not a success story yet, but I think the thing that I'm most proud of um, is, yeah, coming into contact with a young um, transgender client who, um, you know, wanted wanted to uh, lodge a protection visa to remain in this country. Um, and, you know, they had a really powerful story and, you know, had a very, uh, you know, real fear of persecution if um, they were to return to their country of origin. And while, you know, I'm not an immigration lawyer, I was not able to provide that direct service um, through, you know, providing LGBTIQ inclusivity training to a private law firm and working on that partnership, I was actually able to, um, you know, get that client uh, you know, a pro bono lawyer who's going to take on their case. And, um, you know, I was immensely grateful to that firm for doing that and I'm um, just really proud of um, all the work that's been done, you know, by um, the team at St Kilda Legal Service, the team at Thorn Harbour Health to actually be in the position where I could facilitate that happening. Hmm. Um, so, Sam, what can people do if they've got an issue, if they're an LGBTQI person um, and they've got a legal issue and wanted to see you, how do they get in touch with you? Oh, send me an email. Um, 
I'm not very good at answering my phone, so send me an email. Um, it's just sam at sklsorgau and um, I will definitely get back to you. Does the same go if someone wants to assist you? Are you taking volunteers or anything like that? Yeah, actually. Um, well, I've got a bunch of uh, volunteers starting uh, late next week and always looking, uh, you know, if people are passionate about this, um, you know, sector of society and this, this kind of work, I'd love to have you on board. And, um, yeah, just shoot me an email and we'll talk about how we can um, work together. Fantastic. And how do we continue the service just to make sure that the funding continues? Well, um, there's funding until, you know, May 2020. And um, I guess, you know, at about in about 12 months I'll be you know campaigning for um, the service to be uh, fun, you know refunded and extended and um, I'll certainly be uh, putting the back call out at that time for, for people to you know for, for clients that have used the service to share their story if, if I've been helpful um, you know I'll be silent if I haven't been and um, yeah um, <laughs> I suppose um, yeah watch this space. Okay. Um, thanks so much for coming in to talk to us on Done By Law. We've been talking with Sam Elkin, um, who is Victoria's first dedicated LGBTQI lawyer um, who works with the St Kilda Legal Service. Um, just before we go, I did just want to quickly celebrate the fact that we had Mark O'Brien from Tenants Victoria on our show a couple of weeks ago um, talking to us about reforms that were being hopefully at that point pushed through Parliament that would make things a lot better for uh, Victorian renters. Um, happily, the reforms passed um, last week, week before, um, and they will come into play in 2020, as I understand it, and they will make things so vastly better for renters. Um, and it is such a testament to the work of the people um, in the CLC sector and um, at places like Legal Aid who have been pushing for this for a number of years. So I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out. Um, and we don't have the sound of a we um, need the party, party poppers, poppers. Yeah. yes. Um, but if we did, we'd be playing it now. So um, congratulations to everyone involved in that. 